Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I'm the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. Today is going to be a very fun day. Today is uh, a pleasure for me. It's going to be one of those days where I'm just going to reach out to one of my very good friends and we're just going to share a war story, of a very unique war story to the, the industry as a whole, but a situation that is all too common these days where we all get to go to work or a, a, a select few of us get to go to work, but we have these these huge obstacles at work now and a lot of barriers that we're unaccustomed to. So I thought I would uh, take time to reach out to my very good friend, Brent Clark. He is currently in Guelph, Ontario. He got back a while ago from a gig that hopefully many of you got to see live on television. He got to go be a part of the NHL 2020 season in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, we're going to take a time, a little bit of time today, just kind of hear how that went and uh, maybe share a war story with everybody. So uh, just if you guys uh, have any drinks in front of you, uh, take a sip and let's, have, let's uh, share some more stories. Thanks so much for joining me today, Brent. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Great to, great to be back. I got to see your, your, I was following your Instagram and your Facebook, and I was just so excited to see pictures of lights and somebody working and somebody behind a console. And it was, it was very exciting to see. It was exciting to actually turn something on. <laughs> to just even, uh, I'm, I wonder if when it comes time to go back, if I'll even remember where the on button is sometimes. Yeah. I, I was like that for about the first, honest, about the first day or so. And then, um, yeah, it came back just like riding a bike basically. But yeah, it was a, it was a bit daunting and also to get thrown in cause it was a, considerably large rig so they get thrown into it and to be sort of like okay here we go and uh we basically you know uh well tom and kurt basically made the plan up as we went along and i was just trying to keep up hitting buttons so on this show tom kenny was the designer yes kurt wagner was the associate well, designer was, well yeah kurt was like the assistant designer and then because um Tom wasn't going to be there for the whole time. So he okay. basically filled in for Tom. And then we would okay. every, uh, you know, about a week or so, Tom would check in with us and we send pictures back and forth, or he would watch a game and come back and say, Oh, that was really cool. Um, maybe try this or something like that. Right on. That's a, that's just a, very, jokes. That's a very good team to play with. Uh, Tom Kenny is a champion at sending jokes. He's a, yep. uh, you kept me entertained a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I don't know if anybody sends me better jokes than Tom Kenny. <laughs> Especially in the middle of the, because in the beginning we did three games a day. 
So we were literally, you would come in at, I think we were coming in at nine and we were leaving at 11 with no real break in between. And especially if a game went into overtime, then that would push our break further up. And then three we would also games have, a day. Yeah. Three games a day. Wow. And so some of them, we had an hour between games, but if the went into overtime, it would push us closer. And then we, because of the nature of this, just everything we had, um, like a small Q stack, like a 17 Q Q stack, but that had to, we had two of those and that had to reference the colors of the team. So we sometimes it would be barely enough time to amend our Q stacks and then amend the punt page to get the different colors that we needed in for matching the teams and that sort of stuff. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was really, really, some days it was pretty like, and then you would begin to forget things. And then by the time you got to the third game, it would be like, uh, what are we supposed to do here again? <laughs> right. So I look forward to getting into some of the specifics, but let's start from the beginning. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody's getting called to do anything. And yeah. you're, you are on the short list to go from Guelph to Edmonton. Yeah. So what how, did the, how did the phone call go first? <laughs> well, um, I, me and my girlfriend went to the drive-in. Okay. We came home and then I had, uh, I had seen that somebody had texted me. So I pulled it up and it was Kurt Wagner and it, Kurt's like, Hey, I don't know if this is going to happen, but it might be a chance. It might happen, but um, I'm going to be uh, working with Tom to do NHL. Do you want to come and help out? And he's, and basically his text was, I don't know what you're doing because I don't know what any of us are doing, but <laughs> I need, I need somebody to come and help me. Do you want to come? And I'm like, okay. And originally we were supposed to be in Toronto and right. it was in Toronto was supposed to be in Vegas. Right. And then when COVID got mad, then they took the team that was going to be in Vegas, put them to Toronto, then moved us to Edmonton. Got it. Yeah. And that's why you weren't in the Toronto when you went to Edmonton instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Which was interesting. And then the bubble experience itself is just, it's, yeah. it was, Hopefully it was it was really interesting to do, but I hope I never do it again. <laughs> Let's we'll, we'll get into that uh, as well shortly. Yeah. Okay. So now you are in the midst of a pandemic. You have to get from Guelph through yep. Toronto to yep. Edmonton. Yeah. So they were doing direct flights from Toronto to Edmonton. Okay. So uh, I just I had lots of wipes, and uh, luckily uh, my girlfriend's a nurse. So she had brought, given me a package of the ones they use in the hospital to basically kill anything. So I had those and I was just wiping down the seats, wiping down everything, hand sanitizer, mask, and away we went. Okay. And did you, so let's say when you fly over a border, you have to quarantine. Yeah. Was that the same sort of situation going into no. Edmonton? Cause we were doing domestic flights at that point in time. Okay. Edmonton was, uh, Alberta was in a very low case rate at that point. Okay. So if you were coming in domestically, it was fine. Got it. When you landed, there was, there, I would imagine there was mask wearing, but there was no temperature checks or quarantines. Or um, anything like I don't that. remember any temperature checks or anything. It was okay. all pretty much business as normal. Just keep your mask on. Okay. And then when you got to show site or the hotel, you knew that that was going to be your bubble yeah. for 
Yeah, got to the hotel. And then as I was arriving, because the hotel that we were at was part of a mall. Okay. So as I was arriving, they were erecting a wall so that you could <laughs> go out to the mall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you walked in and there was the, so these guys were busy building a wall and then they had just started to build the fencing. So what there was, was that, so once they got it built, there was a wall and then there was basically a two block line of fencing that had a break in it at every crosswalk. So, and then more barricades so they could, if a pedestrian needed to get across, they could close it. And then the pedestrian okay. could close it. It would open back up. And then for a long time, they had uh, signage down each side. So you couldn't see anybody walking in it. Okay. So basically you could walk from there. You walk two blocks down to another hotel that's attached to the rink. And then in front of the rink, there was a place that we called the yard because it resembled a jail yard, <laughs> <laughs> which was just a big concrete pad. And on that concrete <laughs> pad was a Tim Hortons truck with free coffee. Okay. And then probably the best food for the buck was like an Italian food truck. Okay. And picnic tables and, and later on some Andorana chairs and some fire pits when it started to get chilly. And that was your world for that was it. Uh, three... 78 days, 81 games. Wow. Yeah. So we had, there was one day that they had an outing for us where you, where they went to like a driving range. Okay. So it was a completely, they have, they had buses that would shuttle people around. So the bus took us to the driving range and it was like, after three or four weeks, it was like, Oh, look, this is grass. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also, they did have like a bus that would run you to um, the stadium. So you could go and run the stairs or run the track, but you were basically in just another concrete kind of bunker but you could go there and, you know the one hotel where the most of the players stayed had a good gym so that was good because you hit the gym we had a little gym in our our hotel but it was mainly the refs used it so we couldn't really get into it okay and then there was other little things with the hotel like um there's no access to a corner store or a pharmacy right so it'd be like oh i'm running out of deodorant and shampoo hmm well, Amazon, because they had a little station up front where you could get packages delivered. So you, okay. we would get whatever you needed delivered. And you could also get food brought in. Like they would do skip the dishes and then they would sanitize everything down there then tell you and you'd come down and pick it up. Okay. So yeah. that was early enough that we weren't, we were still much more concerned about uh, surface disinfection. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. We were, everything was being sanitized. You know, and you got really good at opening doors with your coat sleeve. Okay. <laughs> you know, oh, man. Just little things. And then, like, so we had, um, and, and little things like, for our hotel, we had one washer, one dryer for the whole hotel. And that was it. So to try and get your laundry done, the, you could get your laundry done through the, through the front desk. They weren't charging, you know, like, like the dry cleaning fee, which is, you know, like five bucks for a pair of socks. At least it was yeah. the laundry for me was between 50 to 75 bucks a day or uh, for, to get my laundry done. So that was also entertaining. It was like, okay, how are we doing laundry? That's another good one. I never thought about that. Right. 
all these little things. And then, so in terms of food, you could order skip the dishes or something like that, or you could eat in like the three restaurants we had a choice from, but you know, in our hotel lobby or in our hotel bar was, you know, a pint was 14 bucks. Right. Right. So sort of like, what are we going to do boys? <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a life. It, it kind of sounds like being on a cruise ship. Like, yes, you're yeah. going to different, yeah. you know, the outside changes, but you don't have access to it. No, they had a, um, for a while when there was a lot of teams, they had another hotel that was part of the bubble as well that had a steakhouse in it. So we went one night over and, you know, sat okay. there and had a steak and then realized that, you know, the table of four crew guys sitting there eating and you look around and everybody in that steakhouse is a player. And you're like, hmm, one person at this in this room makes more than all four of us put together in about two years. <laughs> Right on. I can say to somebody is like, you know, when you're on tour and you have to deal with like five band people, you know, we got like about 130 band people we got to deal with. <laughs> so basically half of the entire league was in Toronto and half of the entire yeah. league was in Edmonton at the, at yeah. the, in the, yeah, at the except time. for like the four or six teams that don't make the playoffs. Got it. Yeah. So the entire NHL was in two cities yeah for yeah almost 80 days yeah yeah and it, like without their gear on you couldn't i didn't recognize any players really without yeah their gear on i you would know. know i would i had you know I, i'm not a huge hockey fan so it was sort of like oh okay i had no idea i was just sort of like head down go to work there are we canadians had, uh, who don't go nuts over hockey and yeah just so, <laughs> just so everybody knows yeah and then um so we also had a you know, the clear apps that are in uh, airports. Yeah. So we had a version of clear apps. So what it did is it took a picture of you and then it asked you about 14 COVID related questions. And then you had to take your phone to uh, a clear kiosk and you would stand there and it would take your picture and then a barcode would pop up and then you would show your phone the barcode and then your phone would go green or red. And that was your temperature. Okay. But, so then you had to show that to every place you went in and out of, you had to show your phone to show that you were green and okay. that would only last 12 hours. So, and then, so even like if you, if you smoked and you wanted to go outside for a smoke, you had to show it on the way out of the hotel, have a smoke and then on the way back in. Right. Okay. And then if you went into another hotel that was in the bubble, you had to show it when you went in and you had to show it when you left. And then going into the venue, you needed to show it when you went into the venue, and then you show it when you left. No, you'd have to show oh, it when you left, but you had to go show it. And then there was that's, we that's had a little a, more complicated than a laminate. Yeah. And then we had a, a time slot given to us every day for the first while of when to get a COVID check. So okay. you had like a two-hour window when it was really busy that you needed to go get because we got checked every day. You got ch you had the nasal swab every well, single day. So the one they did went like didn't do the brain scratch. It went about three quarters of the way up your nose, and then another one was the they stick a swab into the back of your throat. Okay. So it alternated between nose and throat every day. So that was part of your day too, where it'd be like, okay, well, our window is from two to three. Game's over at two. So we need to rush out from the venue and like it was in the venue, just around the corner, 
get the COVID check, come back in. Right. So you had to fit that around your schedule as well. Be like, oh, hang on a minute, guys. Got to go get your COVID check. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that, yeah. that basically was your break. Your break was to go was, get. Yeah, a lot, some of the times it was just going to get COVID check. Because you, at one point, you were doing three games a day. Yep, three games a day. Yeah, there's so, no time in between then. Yeah, but you would basically, I'd, like I said, I work on the two Q stacks. I'd get them done, redo the punt page so they had the right goals for people, then run out, do the check, and come back, and then sit down, and, and we would be into warm-ups. Okay. And that's so if there's any overtime, you're SOL. Yeah, yeah so it loosened up later on once we lost like four teams. Then basically it was any staff and vendors could go from nine till three. So that was a bit better. You could judge your, do your day. And sometimes okay. I would get up early, like on the three game day or whatever. I would, I'd, I'm usually up early anyways. So I would just go straight there and get it done at eight in the morning so okay. that I wouldn't have to deal with it for the rest of the day. Okay. So you, you just, just had to basically build out. your three different show files for the different shows and yeah. go to town. Yeah. Yeah. I got good with macros. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> they are useful. There's yeah, a reason macros to, time redo, and place. To, to redo cues uh, for me. So basically, I do one queue and then I had a macro that would redo all both queue stacks for me. Done. Right on. It's like, I got tired of this. I got tired of that real fast. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. That's, yep. uh, that's how that comes to be. Yeah, exactly. So let's say you woke up at a normal time. What was a, a normal daily schedule for you? Uh, normal daily schedule is I'd get up around seven or, or eight. And I would go, for me, the the only day that I, the only time in the day that I normally got to sit down to just have something to eat or just some peace and quiet would be breakfast. So I go for breakfast. They all knew me. They all knew what I wanted because, you know, every day, <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> So I'd go for breakfast and then I would catch up on news on my phone. And then from then I would just go probably and get COVID checked. And then the rig was so big and scattered so far that it would probably take me eh, 45 minutes to an hour to do a lamp check. Just because it was so vast because I'd have to walk around to make sure that because there were parts I couldn't see. Uh-huh. And then when game lights are on, it's really hard to see what's happening. So I had to walk around to make sure that I didn't have something locked on or something was working. And we had some some lamps that liked a little massage in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's that cool. would take me a bit of yeah. time. And then we had we had lights that went um, all the way up to the top of the building. So sometimes it would be like I, I'd have to get people to go look at lights because they're on railings that have fallen over or something like that. So lamp check was, was a usually big part of my day. And then I would figure out have to, cause we had it so that we would match team colors who was away would be a different scheme and who was home would be a different scheme. So I'd have to check with the video people to make sure that, cause sometimes we got wrong information. So we'd make sure that we're all on the same page as what teams on what side, what teams on the other so amend the queue stacks for that and then get ready to start the day. And then you just then sit would, there, you watch the hockey and yep. try so not you, to try not to lose yourself in the moment. Yeah. And then, yeah, you try it you, you, because there's no end. We were on the, so if you look down on to the ice, we were basically in the uh, camera left up camera left um, 
kind of behind the goalie. So there's because of the shots, we had no netting in place to stop pucks. <laughs> so there was a few times where it would be like, whoa, and it would basically just go right whizzing by your head and hit the wall beside you because it would really oh yeah yeah you had to keep you had to keep watch especially in warm-ups because they were just taking shots everywhere why why is that why is that a thing why did why couldn't they put the nets up uh because it was in the way they had the camera shot set up they didn't want the nets in the camera shot okay so it was a bit of heads cool. up hockey as we like to say <laughs> just gotta keep uh, so brent i uh, just want to let you know we're gonna take the nets down here's your helmet yeah and, uh, well, originally they were at they were they were at one level and then we needed to move them because of the shots we needed for the the american and canadian flags so then we pulled them up higher so i knew the i knew i knew the the nets were gone i was just like okay so make sure the ma get the tilt up as far as they can and get my head down <laughs> but i had some monitors right so i big put the monitors up okay good right they'll they'll take it before i will right on yeah i'll sacrifice a monitor for my for my noggin yeah exactly Exactly. But luckily we didn't get, I had this, so we were in like where the, um, the wheelchair was. So a few pucks bounced off the front of that and a few pucks off to my left. Um, But other ones, you can see them, a couple of lobs come up and stuff. So it made it kind of interesting. Cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a good reason to not piss off the players. If uh, if they know who you are. Some of them were just having fun and taking shots at things. (laughs) Well, they've been cooped up as long as you have. They're yeah, like, exactly. man, I am exactly. really There's bored of just uh, like... shooting this puck in the in the goal. Yeah. I'm gonna. What's going see on? What that guy's all about. Yeah. What's going on with that other queue? Oh, there's a big hole in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or the because we had the like the big video walls, and I think the video walls became more of a target. They 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 took some good pucks. Yeah. So the video well, guys were always always trying to fix things. <laughs> So how many people did you have on your team? Well, there was myself and Kurt. And right. then we had two uh, solo tech guys. Okay. And then there was a D3 operator, and her tech, and our production manager. Okay. So seven of us. And were the two guys from solo tech there to do an install? Did you guys install additional lights? Or was this all stuff that was already in the arena? Well, we were... So we started off with a basic install. And then we had a... The, the customary TV, TBD package. Right. Right. So then the, they wanted us to start with the, with the package we had. And then as we went into rounds, they wanted to amp up the excitement. Okay. So then it would be like, okay, we've got 32 extra mega pointies. Where do we want to put them? And then we would come up with a plan for that. And then after that was done, it was like, okay, now we have an extra, you know, 20 BIs, where do we want to put those? Okay, well, we'll put those or whatever they were. And then, oh, we've got an extra bunch of X4s. All right, well, okay. we'll put those up. And then we got to the point where uh, where Mark, with a guy from Soltech was like, we have no more cable. Got it. No light anywhere. <laughs> no more. You can put the lights there. You just, there's no cable to power them. Yeah, we, we, there's nothing to plug them in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when they were hanging lights and moving stuff around, did you guys have to bring in local stagehands as well? Um, they did have. So the way the bubble worked was there was a there was our bubble, then there was a secondary bubble. So if you were in An our outer bubble, bubble. I think our bubble you was were the inner bubble. Yeah. Okay. And then the local bubble was yellow. So they got tested every day when they came in as well. 
but we were supposed to stay like 10 feet away or whatever it was. So a lot of the times what we would do is we want to add lights. We would just go, I, I would just be like, oh, I'll give you a hand. So I would go and, and it got a chance to do stairs because we ended up doing, like I said, we did the whole top level where we put mega pointies for days throughout that thing. Okay. So it's a good way to go and, you know, we'd finish. And it, the thing was is that we, even when we were done, we had nowhere to go. Right. So it'd be like, well, we might as well go work just to make it yeah. fine. Right. I, and it'd be like, and then when we end, did have a day off, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go in and program something and do something and or work because sitting in my hotel room, my option was the hotel room or the yard or, you know, that was it. That sounds uh, completely Brent of you. I, I just can't see you saying, oh, you know, I'd love to help you out, but I really need to go sit in the yard and yeah. count so, but, you holes know in the concrete. Like, I got my steps in. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just bored too, right? So I was like, if I sit in my room and watch more Netflix, I'm going to like, I think I've, I've got to the end of Netflix now. I need to go do something. <laughs> Yeah, I already know how Tiger King turns out. I'll help yeah. you. Uh, I'll help you lift those lights. <laughs> exactly. So we just uh, and then it was just kind of fun because we'd hang out and you know try to make the best of it. Oh. And I was every day. I was just grateful that I was employed. You know? Yeah. Uh, I can't then, tell you how excited I would be to just push some cases and lift some lights these yeah. days. And then when it got towards the end, we were like, some guys were like, "Oh, I can't wait to get out of here." I'm like, "No, man, let's let's." I want this to keep going. I want to go like, I want every round to go to seven. Yeah. Make as much money as I can. <laughs> Cause who knows when we're doing this again? Yeah. I don't know when that's, it's a, that's a feeling I get yeah. very often, you know, just yeah. like, I, we got to keep this going as long as possible. Yep. Uh, so I was very happy to be there and, and we had a great, a great team by a good bunch of guys. And Tom kept sending me jokes. So that was <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the game i would get a text from tom and be like ah, okay put that away <laughs> it doesn't sound like you guys had any days off minus one we had one day off which would have been three day three weeks in i think okay and then the next day off after that was the black lives matter protest which was a kind of an unplanned semi-planned unplanned. so we had two days off there so we took the first day off, we basically all of us said we're not working today because of the protests and stuff. We said that's it. We're not we're not going to do anything either. If anybody wants okay. us to program anything or do anything, we're not we're not coming to work either. Okay. And then the second day, which was supposed to be a day off anyways, but that's when we went in and hung some more lights and did some stuff. Okay. And luckily, the like what we were doing when we put when I say hang more lights, we just be putting them on seats and up on railings and stuff. We didn't bring any i think we brought one truss in once got it uh we lost a bulb but other than that the rig was pretty good and there were trusses in places where we wouldn't have been able to do anything anyways all right <laughs> so know. there was zero audience for this for this for the entire duration is that uh right? towards the end we had some families up in the family box but okay. it was only canadian player families that had to quarantine i think oh wow yeah, so they had to do like a five-day or six-day or a few-day quarantine as well. But that was kind of okay. cool because there was uh, like some younger families with babies and stuff running around. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. 
like, oh, you know, like there is there is life other than the yard and the other things, you know. That's worthwhile. Cool. Yeah. And what about one the few times I've done hockey, we've had uh, follow spot operators. Did you have that yeah. as well? We had two two guys from Edmonton that were awesome. They were like their the the most senior. I think one of them was even the Stewart, and they were huge hockey fans. Mass of course, it was the hockey. Steward. <laughs> of <Yeah>. course, <laughs> of course, he's taking were, that gig. Yeah, and they were awesome. And we had a, um, they were part of the Yellow Bubble as well. So we had them, and then we had um, Clayton, who was the house lighting guy, who was great. And like that, the people in Edmonton were awesome. Like the the venue people. Okay. And they were a lot of fun. And I can't say enough. Like Clayton, who's the house LD, would be like, "Hey, uh, send me a text. Um, what do you guys need?" And he would smuggle us in like Doritos, you know. Right on. For those, for especially the three game days, you would be like, uh, "We just need snacks for the last game because we're going to lose our minds by the time it rolls around." <laughs> <laughs> so we'd bring like, and then it was also you'd be like, "Oh, I know this really great place that makes awesome Portuguese tarts. I'll bring you some in." And so that was a bit of that was nice because he that helped us get through a lot. Nice just be hopped up on sugar and i had a bubble in the birthday which was very entertaining as well <laughs> happy bubble birthday yeah yeah that what was does a, one do for their birthday in a bubble um well yeah it was weird <laughs> it was just like being at a gig basically you just right. didn't go anywhere but it was kind yeah. of fun they, they happy threw, birthday go to work yeah yeah it's the same as normal they threw uh you know uh uh, a happy birthday thing up on the jumbotron around the clock and some stuff like that, which I got pictures of, which I thought was quite fun. That's kind of hung cool. up. They brought like little cupcakes and stuff. And yeah. but again, it was cool. just like that was just like, oh yeah, well, how many times have I been in a dark theater on my birthday? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's nothing new for us. No, so it was, but that was fun. You well, know, all in all, it was great. You know, it's a, it was a good experience. One of the things that you touched on that I've been seeing a little bit uh, more often than ever before is the f- the feeling of being a regular, which in the rock and roll industry, we don't get that often. Like even nope. in my hometown where I live and I've lived here for four years, I'm not a regular anywhere Yeah, because I'm usually out and about yeah. for the first time ever. Like the, the people at restaurants here that I can still go to, they're like, Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Chris? Yeah. Good to see you again. You're like, there was a, um, in the venue, there was a, a restaurant called 99 that became like our, basically our local pub. So we would finish the gig and we'd go up there because beers are cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'd go up there and they basically they would walk in and all the wait staff would be like, you know, hey, Brent. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yep. Just grab a table anywhere. Usual. Yep. Okay. No problem. Right. And then it would be like, and we knew the menu it would be like, do you want menus? So like, no, it's okay. We got it. <laughs> No, give me the Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they did. They had like scheduled like weekly things. Oh, we'll take the daily the daily special, mm-hmm. right? And then um, the cool thing about that place was you could get like uh, alcohol to go. Cool. Right? So you put it into a little white carrier bag, and you could take beers back to your hotel, or you know whatever you wanted. So that was a bit of a godsend. Right on. Yeah. So one of the things that I've been talking to a lot of people about and they've been had to rely on is uh, technology for remote designs, remote programming. Did did Tom Kenny or any of the other people ever have to remote in and help make decisions? Um, 
in the beginning we did zooms we did a lot of zooms between toronto and edmonton to basically talk through what we were going to do and stuff like that originally the concept was to try and keep both edmonton and toronto looking the same but it was just too hard to yeah. try to do that you just it, you couldn't we were talking about sharing show files and stuff and finally it was like <laughs> now nah, we'll just yeah so we'll oh just man do our own thing and yeah you, know, you do your thing we'll do our thing and they were fine with it i don't think they really even noticed as long as the you know as long as the lights were doing something when something was supposed to happen they were happy as long as it's hockey when hockey and lights go crazy when lights go crazy yeah exactly let's go crazy not yeah. much more you can do yeah exactly you know and we just our main concern a lot of the time was just uh, to not flashlights on the ice when we weren't supposed to flashlights on the ice okay the last thing you want to have is in the stanley cup playoffs somebody going oh we're going to disallow that goal because somebody got blinded by a light so all right that was a kind of got to be a little bit of a fine line to walk okay but like during the show nobody ever had to remote in and like make any no. quick calls or anything it was all just conferencing that yeah place. it was all conferencing and then it would be uh like i said tom would would send a text or hey that looked really great um like that didn't like that so much you know so and and he relied a lot on kurt because uh, kurt was like the point man between the nhl hockey ops the uh so yeah we had like four bosses so we had the nhl hockey ops tom nhl hockey ops uh nhl game presentation and then sportsnet and uh, nbc okay so guys like you and i if i were to get a phone call for a tour I would know exactly what to pack in. I could get, I could be done and packed and out the door in about 15 minutes, knowing exactly what I needed for this. This is, and I hate to keep using the term un- unprecedented, but yeah. What did you, was, what did exact, you think to bring? That was exactly how I felt about it. When I was packing to go, I was like, I have no idea. What do I pack? I have no, so do what do I, and it's Edmonton. So it's like, it can turn snowy there in a second. So I, yeah. I packed a bunch of stuff and then I get out there and I was like, darn it. I don't have like a winter coat and it's getting chilly. So okay. Amazon is your friend. Amazon <laughs> is our friend. Yeah. I, I, in my room, I had boxes about six feet high in one corner <laughs> and they had already moved one <laughs> row of six, of six foot high boxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we need more snacks. Okay. So more, uh, you know, we had found things that we like to eat during game, like the peanut butter filled pretzels. So we get big containers of that and peanuts and stuff. And then you're in your room and it's like, well, I wouldn't mind having some chips and stuff in my room. And all right, well, I'll order a bunch of that. And what else do I need? Oh, right. I totally, you know, you things that I totally forgot. I need like a shaver. I need a beer trimmer. Right. It's like, well, well, I didn't even think about that. Okay. And, and, you know, all these little things that, whereas if you were on, on the road, you would be like, oh yeah, I need it. I'll go get it. But here it was like, man, didn't even think of it. And it was so long. It was like, you know, three month tour basically. Yeah. Except you're stuck on the bus. Yeah. With with, with no chance to restock. (laughs) Uh, And I would imagine because when you're, through all the clearances and all the logistics necessary to get your snacks, you don't just order one snack. You no, order a we amount boxes. of snacks. Yeah, we are in boxes of stuff. 
All and right. then it was to the point where, so the hotel staff, of course, knew us. So I'd walk in and they go, oh, hey, Mr. Clark, we have your order here. And they'd be like, oh, here's your boxes and stuff. So that was really good. They, they knew us really well by the time we were done. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the, a lot of times I wouldn't get a chance to eat dinner. So I would, uh, on the way into the hotel, they had like a little pantry. So it'd be like, oh, it's just your usual sandwich and a block of cheese. Yep. Okay. See you later. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's that's a new feeling. Yeah, uh, it must have been pleasant. Well, there, yeah. I mean, it was just, I, again just happy to be doing the gig. Yeah, I think that's something we can all share that feeling with you. Yep, uh, just happy to be doing anything that's not. Yeah, sitting at home doing dishes again. Yep, yep, and you know, just some days, some days you would get down and you'd be pretty like dark or whatever, and I would just go sit in the yard on a sunny day and grab a coffee and just kind of listen to some music and it'd be like, okay, yeah, no, everything's fine. Talk to my kids, whatever, and get grounded again and go, okay, no problem. Moving forward. What was the general vibe in the yard? Were people generally optimistic? Oh yeah. It, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was no real, it was all, a lot of times people were just hanging out. Like it was one of the only times where you could sit. And as long as you were eating or having a coffee and the tables would allow four people to so that was about the only time that you could sit outside, take your mask off, drink your coffee, and actually pretend like things were sort of normal. Do you know what I mean? So right on. I look at, forward to it a lot. At my house, the four of us, after about ninety days, we get a little, uh, we get at each other. You know, my my yep. twins there together twenty four seven. Me and my imagine. wife haven't spent this much time together, and and we have only come closer together, but. But so yeah. close that we're we're up in each other's grill fairly often. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. any was totally. starting to become a thing after seventy ish days? Well, yeah. Whenever we had a minute, a lot of us would just disperse, and there yeah. were times where where we would be in that bar ninety nine, where two of us would be together, and we would see like two of the other techs walk in, and they would just wave, grab a beer, <laughs> and leave. <laughs> right love you i just don't want to sit next to you yeah we'll be over there yeah or they would come in and they would wave and then they would go sit by themselves and it's like totally fine i mean everybody needs that time to just chill out and not be around people how many times you've been on a bus and when you get a day off it's like the last thing i want to do is see any of you guys (laughs) yeah that's why my curtain has that little snap there that's like the snap um, you know (laughs) No need to unsnap that. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of that going on and stuff. And it was also like, um, so at one point in time, so windy in Edmonton, all the fencing blew over. That basically locks that is our basic corridor to walk. So it's literally a block and a half from our hotel to the venue. Okay. So the bubble was so strict that we had to take a bus to go (laughs) block and a half. Right, because okay. we weren't allowed to leave the bubble, and the bus was considered part of the bubble, so the bus would literally drive us a block and a half down the road and let us off. And so we did that for a couple of days while they were fixing the fencing. So me and Kirk got on the bus once, and it was just me and him. We we're like to the bus driver, "We'll give you twenty bucks if you drive us around town for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty, hundred bucks, whatever. Just you know, we just want to go on a little tour." <laughs> yeah. So the bus driver was like, "Oh, look, there's construction there. I've got to go this way." 
oh, look, there's construction there. I've got to go this way. So we got an extra five minutes out of the bubble. I don't know the last time you were or will be in Edmonton. So we might as well go yeah. see some of it. Just right? to just to not see the same thing back and forth, you know, was worth it. Our brains need that. We're we're human yeah. hunter gatherers. We need yeah. some sort of variety. Yeah, I, there was no variety. After a while, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, walk along, yeah, okay. <laughs> the the few times I've ever run hockey, because uh, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not the I'm not a mega fan. I just know them by their colors. You're like, oh, just go yeah. blue, go black yeah. and gold, and yeah. I'd imagine the the one game would just run into the next. Yeah, it did after a while. And there were, but even the guys who were hockey fans that were doing the three games a day, you would ask them, hey, who was the first game? And we would all be like, I don't know. It's Blur. like asking where you were yesterday on your own team. Yeah. It'd be like, I really don't know. I can look back on the Q stack and I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> let me check my show file. It was, it yeah, was let me check penguins. <laughs> yeah, let me check my show file. I'll see. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, when I think of the town of Edmonton, I'm thinking they do maybe 20 home games a year. Yeah, 20 to 30, I think, somewhere in that area. Yeah. And you guys were able to bang out 80? 81. 81 shows. Yep. 81. And you had the same two follow spot ops as well? Yeah. Um, they didn't do the the first week, which was the round robin week. They didn't do okay. that. But then they were there after that. Yeah. Wow. It, all right. So yep. if you were going to talk to anybody who was going to go do the same thing, what sort of advice? Let's say the NBA is going to do the same thing. Right. What sort of advice would you give? Uh, just packing is a big thing. Okay. Yep. And just kind of do some research and figure out what you're walking into. Uh, and then ask questions. Like I said, it's like, how are we doing laundry? Yep. Is there you know, is there a convenience store or something on site that we can get shampoo at or yeah. toothpaste? Um, just those things. That was what my big concern was, right? God, and, especially you know, if you had a weekly medication or something, you would have yeah. to really be diligent. Well, that was another thing too, is I have some meds that I take and it was before I left. I And so when I originally got hired, they wouldn't, they couldn't confirm to me how long I was going to be there. That was another thing. Oh yeah. So they, were, they were like, well, you might be here for two weeks. You might be here for the whole run. And I was like, okay. So then that was another thing of my dilemma was what do I pack for? Cause I could be there two weeks. I could be there six, like six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks. I have no idea. And then I was like looking at a prescription and going, huh? So I needed to talk to my doctor to get uh, a longer prescription. And then I had to go, and although their subscription wasn't running out, it would have run out in the middle of the run. So then I had to go and get more prescriptions. And that was interesting, trying to talk to the pharmacy about that. Okay, no, I need double my prescription. I promise yeah, I'm not exactly. going to be doing anything yeah. nefarious here. Yeah, and then we had to do three full COVID checks before we left as well. Okay. And so I think I was flying on a Tuesday or Wednesday and I got the confirmation that I was flying Thursday night. So okay. then I had to sneak in three COVID checks in that time. And at that point in time here, you could just show up right. and they would do it. So I kept showing up and they were like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> like, why are you here for the third time? And like, we just saw days. you. Yeah. You, you haven't even gotten the results from your first one. Why are you back? I know, exactly. Exactly. I hadn't gotten the results of the third, first one. I was still going on the third one. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the things I just thought of is when you said that you didn't know how long you were going to be there. If anybody had tested positive, there's no, they're not going to pay to quarantine that person. They're going to, they, I don't, are they know, immediately dismissed? I don't know if they ever had a positive test. Okay. They, def, they definitely had people coming in and they were quarantining in the hotels. Okay. So we definitely had people that were like doing 10 day and 14 day quarantine in a hotel because I would see nurses going in and out of hotel rooms. Okay. So they would do the checks in the person's hotel room. Okay. Like they I never have to. Yeah. I yeah. have to imagine there was some sort of contingency plan in case somebody had tested positive and I can't I think so. But as far as I know, no one, nobody tested positive. I, so that's great. I was telling you about the clear app that goes green. If your temperature's right. And it goes red. If your temperature's wrong, uh -huh. I had to go red on me once. And that was fun. Cause then they're like, what? it's just it. because it's cold in the ring. So I had a wool cap on. Okay. Right. And yep. I just walked out and then did my temperature check as I walked out. So of course my yep. forehead is hot. So okay. then it was like, they didn't know what to do with me and stuff. And then they had to physically take my temperature and then they give you a wristband with a time on it. That gives when you're that temperature's up and you got to go get it done again. Yeah. That was fun. So you sat in limbo for what was it? 15 minutes? Well, they, um, so I, I, it went red. I went back to the hotel cause I was just going to bed. It was after okay. the game. And then they're like, they didn't know what to do because I don't think anybody had done it yet. So then finally, right. finally the one security guy was there. He's like, okay, well, let me take your temperature with the gun. So he takes, it, goes, Oh, well, you're fine. We'll give you a wristband and you just need to get rechecked tomorrow. Okay. So yeah, that was interesting. I thought I was, and then I think Kurt got checked red a couple of times as well. And it's just sort of like, Oh, you're going to send me home. <laughs> right on. Well, we are almost out of time. So I'm, but I am going to explore this topic for just a second. Sure. I am so frustrated at the people that keep only focusing on the death rates of COVID because right. I can only imagine what that was like for you to get that red, that red banner for even a yeah. second. And you're like, Oh, what does that yeah, mean? I, well, that was it. I was until I got, until they did the temperature check on me for that 10 minutes that I was, that I was walking back. I was freaking out. You, you're kind of immediately, uh, immediately. I thought I had COVID. Reflecting and, on all of your decisions, everywhere you've gone, yeah, everybody you've and, touched. And again, this was early on. This would have been two or three weeks in. And my immediate thought was, did I just spunk oh. three months worth of work? Right? Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was, I was petrified for about 10 minutes. And I can only imagine that you had to go through, you had like, did I infect somebody else? Did somebody else oh, yeah. infect me? Am I the angry at that person? Am I, I guilty? And then you start going through your day going, where did I go? What did I do? Who did I see? Right. Where would I have come in contact with somebody not in the bubble? You know, thinking, okay, well, I grabbed a coffee at the Tim's truck. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe that was it. Um, and then you start your whole day and it's basically like you're trying to climb up the gravel slope and everything's falling away on you. They're like, Oh my God, I've, I've totally spunked it. And you're just like, okay, everybody just stay away from me. Like, cause you're walking back with all the crew guys and stuff, just stay away. Yeah. I'm going to lean and linger back. And hopefully, and everybody's like, ah, no, you're fine. But in the back of your mind, you're like, 
oh my god <laughs> there yeah. there goes my livelihood <laughs> that's i mean in in canada at least there's a a, a social safety net that could catch you in yeah. the united states if somebody even tests positive if they have to quarantine for 14 days a lot of yeah. people live yeah. paycheck to paycheck if they even have to stay home for 14 days yep they just they don't have that luxury even that yeah. is a luxury Yep. So yeah, so I was a bit, that was a bit worrisome, but it was like a very nervous 10 minutes. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. To even think that a false positive made you reflect on your life. Yeah. And that was just a temperature check, you know, it's like, yeah. so yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then you realize it's, you know, the system has some glitches in it and stuff as well. Right. Yeah. There's, that's a whole nother podcast right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you so much for sharing your war stories. Well, I really you. appreciate it. I, uh, I always, I'm really glad that you're able to make it. And the NHL yeah. and the world thanks you for getting uh, an entire well, season uh, into one. Got two. the vaccine coming. Fingers crossed. Maybe in the summer we're back to something of shows. Maybe. I don't know. I, uh, I'm right there with you, brother. I don't know. Going to get a part-time job in the meantime, I think. Right on. Thanks so much, Brent. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris.